The Everyday Style School podcast is brought to you by our collection of capsule guides and style masterclasses. Maybe you're struggling with creating a style that really feels like you, or maybe you're overwhelmed by your overstuffed closet, or maybe you just want an easy, done-for-you wardrobe plan. Whatever you need, we've got a solution for you. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com and use code PODCAST at checkout to take 20% off of your next purchase. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at youreverydaystyle.com. Hello, gorgeous. You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to teach women around the world how to create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School and part two of my conversation with home styling guru, Zandra Zura. If you haven't listened to part one, I really recommend going back and listening to that before this one. Zandra shared so much of her philosophy about about why it's important to create a home that is truly unique and authentic to your style and some great tips for helping us get there. But today we're going to really dive deeper into how to turn that vision into a reality. So if you haven't listened to it, go back, go get part one and then come back to us. Now, if you have listened to that first part, but you haven't gotten Zandra's style mashup, also stop, just hit pause, go download that so you can follow along. The link is in the show notes and on our website. We're going to go through it together so that you can follow along and use her examples if you've got that handy. So now that you're ready for today's conversation, let's welcome Zandra back to the show. Hi, Zandra. Jennifer, hello. It's so great to be back. Thank you for giving me even more time with you. You are such a delight. Oh my gosh. I just have so much fun. You and I could just have a podcast where we just talk about random stuff. Absolutely. I don't know if anyone would listen to it, but it would be fun for me. <laughs> it was totally have fun. <laughs> Okay, so for our audio rebels, yeah. those who did not go back and listen to part one, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started and what exactly you do and how you help people. Okay, I will keep this short. Uh, my website, my, my, my online life is all at littleyellowcouch.com. That is the name of my business, and we are an interior design coaching company. We help people who are really passionate about their own homes figure out how to make it beautiful and sustainable and organized and how to make it work for them in, in a way that really represents who they are and who they want to become. So we are focused on working with people who do not want to hire an interior designer, who really want to take on this, this huge creative ongoing activity that is building a home you love who really want to take that on themselves. I love that. You and I talked a lot last time about our styles and our philosophy being so much alike that it's yes. really about finding your style and not really worrying about like what's trendy, what everyone else is doing, but like what lights you up. And we both agreed that we give yes. terrible advice, right? <laughs> I know because Just do it's what you love. Like, it depends. <laughs> right. They do, People but in the end, it's really what it comes down to. So you know, have yes. a really cool tool on your website. And I just think this is so much fun. And I have to tell you, like, even when I get your emails, I'm like, oh, I'm going to steal that. How can I, how can I rework that for, for my stuff? Cause it's so, so, so good. I do the same <laughs> thing. Shh. I have a whole, <laughs> I have a whole stuff. folder. Like when I get a really good email from someone, I'm like, just tuck it in there, you know, for when I've got writer's block. 
ideas. 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 Yes. We we take inspiration. We don't copy. That's right. right. We do. But anyway, this is a fun thing. This is such a fun tool. This style mashup. It's kind of like a style Mad Lib to help you find your home decor style, right? Yes. Yes. That's a great way to describe it. And I'm glad that you think it's fun because I tend to get really serious about and really kind of deep. I, I geek out on design stuff. And so I have to remind myself every once in a while that, you know what, this is not brain surgery and I'm not curing cancer. It's interior design. So let's keep it fun as it is meant to be. Yes. So yeah, so um, we're going to walk through it, I, I think, correct? We're going to walk through it together and I'm going to share some of the challenges I had filling it out and, and then I'm going to let you help me walk through it. We all know that this podcast really just is here for me to get free therapy and style advice and all those things. That's what we do here. <laughs> Just as my podcast is about getting inspiration from fabulous designers. So yeah, it's all That's very right. self-serving. Right. Yep, exactly. So before we get into it, talk about your podcast real quick. Oh, right. Sure. So my podcast is called Style Matters, and it is really about um, bringing in designers to talk about the substance under the style. It's not a how-to or design tips kind of podcast, although you definitely do pick up tips that you hadn't thought of before, but it's really more about the storytelling, how to tell a story in your home and how do the professionals do that? Um, so, so it's, as I'm just indicating, it is primarily an interview-based show it comes out every Monday, and I absolutely love it. It has been such a pleasure to meet all of these amazing thinkers and creative people and um, and make new friends, just like I'm doing with you. Love that. So go check out her podcast, Style Matters. We'll have the link in our show notes. All right, so back to the style mashup. Where did the idea for this come to you? It came directly from getting the question over and over again, but Zandra, I don't even know what my style is. It's mm -hmm. that question about where do I even start? You know, how do, you know, like I'll talk about this, choosing a really dark color for your den because you're there at night and you want it to be cozy and it's good for watching TV. And people are like, but I don't even know if I like dark colors to begin with. Right. So it's, it's a starting place. Okay. I love that. You know, when I worked for Chico's, our design team, they used to travel the world and they weren't looking for clothes. Sometimes they would bring back textiles and clothing, but a lot of times yeah. they brought back like pottery and rugs Ooh. and paintings. So they took design inspiration for clothing from everywhere. And I kind of look oh, at, right. That. It was, I mean, and you can kind of look, especially more vintage Chico stuff, there is sort of this global inspiration and, and all these crazy things. We were taking things from like the design world and then putting into clothing and you're taking things from like clothing or, you know, these different things and putting it into design. But really the concept is exactly the same is that you're not just looking at home interiors on Pinterest or, you know, all these other things. Cause I think sometimes it's really hard to imagine that in your space. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's, you're kind of hitting on the, the sort of, the sort of follow-up to the reason why I created it in the first place, which is 
to try to help people get out of this mindset of I have to pick a, a singular style category or a fixed category. So that's something we talked about in our first interview is that a lot of times people pick one style and go for it. And mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges with just picking one style? Like I am farmhouse and I'm only yes. farmhouse. Well, and, and I have to, there is a caveat, which is to say some people will be completely happy with that. This, this is not, this is not for everyone and it's, it's not meant to be. It's for, it's for people who really can't decide because they like a lot of different styles or at least more than one different style. It's for people that want to learn how to mix those things together and make it feel cohesive and not like a jumbled mess. So the, the downfall of sticking with just one style, if you find that that's not really who you are, is that first of all, you're going to get bored really quickly. And second of all, when something does come into your home that you really love, that is outside the parameters of that style, you're not going to have a place for it. It's either going to then have to be donated or it's going to look at a place and be like a sore thumb, or it's going to have to be, um, thrown away or, or, or whatever. And then all you're doing is restricting yourself. So th- that's, those are the two major downfalls with, with, you know, kind of boxing yourself into one category. You know, I always say with style, when I help people in their signature style, I try to get three words. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because one is a costume. Ooh. Like if you choose, if you choose boho and all you do is boho, yeah. eventually somebody's going to say, Hey, you know, are you going to a 70s theme party? Like what's what's happening <laughs> exactly. here? It's a costume. Oh. In clothing, more than three gets really difficult to have a cohesive style yep. and a more minimalist wardrobe. Oh, right. 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 Because for clothes, like, you know, your home, you can always find a, a place for a cute thing on a shelf or whatever. But with clothes, it's like, there aren't that many days in a year. Like we're <laughs> even wear all yes, this stuff. I love it. Yeah. So we so got to rein it in a little bit right. more. But I get that a lot from women. Like I can't, I can't pick one style. Great, don't. As a matter of fact, do not pick one style. Yeah. But you know, you sort of have to have an idea of where do you want to go with this. Yes. All right. So let's get into this awesome style mashup. Okay. And the purpose, like you say, is to get you out of your style category rut mm-hmm. and draw inspiration from lots of different sources. So the first part, step one, you have a lot of questions, right? Yes. Can you go through what some of them are with us? Sure. So the first part is just, this is kind of like the, the, I don't know, Mad Libs or, you know, the, the really fun part is just off the top of your head, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your favorite car? If you could live inside a book, what would it be? If you could live inside any film or TV show, what would it be? What's your favorite decade. So those kinds of questions. So it's it's really to help you think about who you are very broadly. And I, I, I target specific questions that later on you'll see they have, um, they tend to evoke or be related to design elements. Okay. So I have to say the first time I went through this, I was really struggling with some of the questions. So I was mm-hmm. asking my husband, like, you know, if I could own any car, what would it be? And so this sort of turned into like our own personal, like newlywed game. Like how well do you? <laughs> oh, I love that. We should do that. I should have people I should have say, get your husband to answer this about you. <laughs> right. Right. But then it turned into, no, that's not true. No. And then I was like, you don't know me at all. Right. <laughs> or he would answer. I'm like, no, that's you. I don't want that. You want that. <laughs> But then I just kind of learned to trust my instincts and not okay. listen to other voices, which I, I think is a very good um, 
that's a very good design philosophy for everyone. Just listen to your own voice oh. and shut out other people's. Other people's opinions don't matter. Exactly. And also, th this is not a this is not a test or a quiz that is then going to determine, you know, whether or not you need a particular kind of medication. <laughs> this is just about your home. We can revise it. We can cross things so out. So don't take it know. too seriously is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, wait, don't spend 10 minutes on any one question. So you say you don't have to have an answer for each one. Like if I could own any car, it would be a blank. I have no idea because for me, cars are really like point A to point B. It's got to be comfortable. Do I like it to be nice? Sure. Yeah. But I'm not like a car person. So right. would answering that question for me give any value to not helping really. me find my home style? Okay. No, not really. Um, that's why I say you really don't have to answer every question. I mean- the thing is, is that once you once you answer these questions, we're then gonna we're we're gonna kind of narrow in on a, just a few of your answers. So most likely, you wouldn't choose to narrow in on one of the answers that didn't really resonate with you in the first place. Okay, so would you say these questions are like a contemplate them or just like quick off the top of your head? I think it's going to take you a minute to think about your answers. Like, like one of the questions is the music that makes me happiest. Now, many of us like a lot of different music. And sometimes we pick something that's nostalgic and sometimes we pick something that is, um, you know, for a certain mood. So that's a, that, that might be a difficult question to answer. So I, I try to cue you in a little bit with the word happiest as opposed to the music I love the most. Like, you know, happiest it, it tends to be a little bit more bubbly and upbeat, which is kind of what I'm mm -hmm. going for. Um, so, you know, in my example here, I say Prince. I mean, I also love Nirvana and I love Michael Jackson and I love, um, you know, uh, jazz. And so just think about it, but then just write one thing down. J just don't worry that you've got a lot of different, or you could even pick a genre. The music, that's why I said not the song that makes you happiest or the artist, I say the music. So for some people, it might be, you know, Motown. So you're not, you're not focusing on one particular artist or song. You're just saying okay. all of Motown is the music that makes me happy, happiest or all of, uh, you know, 90s. 90s rap. <laughs> techno pop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 90s rap is the music that makes me happiest. Perfect. When I, I hear it. Vanilla Ice start, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, my kids so are embarrassed. They don't want to be in the car yeah, with me. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> But I love some of these questions because things like my favorite atmosphere in a restaurant is because mm -hmm. the example that you share is a dark bar with leather seats and candlelight. For some people, it's a very open, minimalist, very light filled space. And I think that yes, that helps you go a little bit deeper into what it is that really lights you up, right? Because I can be happy. I love restaurants. Yes. I love going out. I love having people take care of me. And I love not doing dishes. Me too. But if I had my choice, I would be in a restaurant that was a little bit moody, but not, not overly so, with big, yep. comfortable booths and chairs. Like I really hate mm. going to a restaurant that you're going to sit at with your friends for a couple hours on like minimalist hard chairs. That's not fun for yes. me at all. Without any privacy, without any like coziness right. surrounding you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I can see where that would affect what I want to put in my home. Exactly. That's where we're headed. Like 
minimalist hardback chairs are not my jam. And I have none of them in my home. Yep. You got it. Okay. So I'm just going to go through a couple of these with you. Um, so we have things like your favorite car. If I could live inside the set of any film or TV show, it would be in your example as Downton Abbey. Um, I think that's probably one that a lot of people would say because it's just such a beautiful set. Yes, it is. And, and a lot of times, like Mrs. Maisel is another one, the Marvel yes. is another one that I, I have used as an, as an example in the past, because it's kind of top of mind. We're kind of watching it, right? You know, or we were, it's, it hasn't been out lately, but a set or a TV show that has, you're probably going to pick something that is very period specific or very, um, or, you know, it could be sex in the city, right? It, something that is so particular, right? It's not generic. And that's what I like about this question. I'm trying to help you kind of zero in on some particulars. Uh, Downton Abbey has this feeling of luxury and of wealth. And and then there's the Mad Men and that's, you know, very mid-century modern and mm -hmm. so um, retro. So So that question should also be rather helpful down the line as we go through the worksheet. Oh, I really love that one. I really love that one. Obviously, I take a lot of um, inspiration from the question, if I could borrow clothing yeah. or decor from any time period, it would be, in your example is the 40s. Yes. Um, for me, it would be the 60s. And not necessarily because I love the clothing of the 60s, but because they were best on my body type, like ah. straight dresses that show my legs. Yep. So I don't know, are there questions that you answer that don't necessarily translate at all to your design style? Um, even if you have a strong feeling about them, I, I think it could go either way and uh, you're, you're going to, it's going to lead you toward slightly different paths depending on how you answer that. If you answer it for like, well, I know what works for me versus I just love this, but I might never have it in my own home. Or I just love this, this kind of, you know, a line dress, but it would never, I would never buy it because it doesn't work for my body type. Right. So, so luckily with our homes size doesn't matter and shape doesn't matter so you know you you kind of can do any color in the world and it's going to look right. good in your house but um that's an interesting question that you're posing though i mean like for instance you could say um i'd love to borrow clothing and decor from um elizabethan england but there's no way i can afford victorian furniture or you know what i mean like so i don't let it, don't, don't let those limit, those things limit you yet. Gotcha. Like reality doesn't have to come into it quite so much. Got it. Well, I also, you know, our listeners have been trained from listening to the podcast now for two years to think about how things work for them. And maybe in this one, put that aside a little bit and just like perfect world or just what do you like the, just the looks that you like, not what you want to put on your body, but what do you just like? Same one with the fashion icon, I think, because I tend to think about Halston because Halston dresses, if I need a dress for an occasion, it's Halston because they always work for my shape. But that's not necessarily like the aesthetic historically that I would be like, oh, yeah, that's that's the one that would light me up. So put away what you think would work for you, ladies, and just focus on what you love. Correct. Correct. All right. So that is step one. And then we get to 2A. Now write down, <laughs> there's a 2A, my friends. <laughs> 2A? Yes. I sent a list maker on our show today. 
<laughs> okay, so 2A is now write down adjectives that describe each of these answers. So let's just pick one that you've given given an example for. And let's go with the place I most want to go back okay. to. And your example is Santa Fe. So what would you, what kind of adjectives would you write down for that? So I think about Santa Fe and just think for a moment, what adjectives come to mind? You could almost think about this like the game password or, you know, the game um, taboo where you, you have to give all of these other words to your partner and they have to guess what you're trying to say without you actually saying the word, right? So Santa Fe. And then if you said that to me, I would say, okay, um, earth tones, um, clay, pottery, uh, woven rugs, right? Those are the kinds of adjectives I want you to write down. So what, what comes to mind to you when I say Downton Abbey, for example? Quickly, just what a, as many adjectives as you want to write down for what comes to mind when I say Downton Abbey, that, that's, that's the answer there. That's all you're doing at this point. In this step, should we be narrowing down to a few of the answers um, or a few of the questions that really had the most impact for us? Or should we just be doing adjectives for all of them? You should do adjectives for all of them in this part, okay. in this step. Okay. We're going to narrow down in a second. And how, because my, my listeners really love a good direction, right? How many <laughs> adjectives should you really shoot for for each one? Um, I mean, not too many, uh, because then you're going to be overwhelmed. So like one or two. Okay. Okay. Just one or two words that, so when we, your example here for most beautiful animal in the world is a leopard. Mm -hmm. So just two examples, pattern, and you could say earth tones or pattern and yeah. bold, if that's, exactly. if that's what you think a leopard is now. Right. When I, in my signature style class, we teach people to find their style guideposts. Those, those are those three words that really help you figure out what to keep in your wardrobe, what to add to your wardrobe, how to make your outfits feel authentic. And what I tell people is that your style guideposts don't have to mean anything to anyone but you. I love it. Right? Like classic. Classic to me probably means something different than classic to you. Or feminine to me could be about pink and floral, whereas to somebody else, it could be about ruffles and I don't know, low cut. It doesn't have to mean anything. Like there is no standard definition of feminine, it just has to be personally meaningful. Yeah, yeah. So would you say in this one, don't worry about getting it right, just what does it evoke to you? Oh, I love that. 100%. If you say leopard and, and, and the only thing you can think of is spots, then the leopard eventually might not be that helpful to you. But, but when somebody says leopard to me, of course I think spots, but then I think mysterious. I think unexpected. If I were to, you know, if you were like to show up mm -hmm. in the, in my street, I would be very unexpected. Like, you know, that would be unexpected. Yes. Dangerous, uh, stealth, you know, th those, those are the kinds of words that you're looking for. And somebody else, like you were just saying with your own style guideposts, a leopard might mean something completely different to them. You know, it could be sleep all day or, you know, uh, I don't know if they're lazy the way lions are, but yeah, these words only need to matter to you, 100%. Well, even if we're talking about spots, to somebody that's going to be bold and to someone else that's going to be really subtle. Yes, or it could be because it's a, it's, a, it's a repeating pattern, it could fade into the background, whereas for somebody else, it is bold and bright and you right. know, front and center. 
Right. So I would say on this one, don't worry about getting it right. Just what are the words that it means to you? Absolutely. Yes. All right. So next, to be, <laughs> group the answers together based on adjectives they have in common. So give us some examples. Go a little bit deeper on, on what you mean by that. Yeah. So now what you're looking for, now this is where we start to, we're going to start to hone in on things. You're going to try to group some of your favorite things. So the, the answers to your first part of your, the first part, those questions based on their adjectives that they have in common. So I'm going to give you the example that's in the sheet just because it's something I've actually thought through. Let's say your answers included a convertible for the car and Tina Turner for music and Yellowstone National Park for the place. And as you're looking through your whole list of, of your answers to those questions, those three things, for all of them, one of the adjectives you wrote down was freedom. Okay. A convertible gives you the feeling of freedom. Tina Turner broke free from Ike and she is loud and passionate and she she helps women feel powerful and free. Uh, Yellowstone National Park, oh my gosh, that big, huge, open, wide space. I feel free there. So when you're first writing out those adjectives, you're not looking for whether or not they belong to anything else on your list. It's now that you're going back through and go, oh, yeah, I can see the relationship now between a convertible and Tina Turner and Yellowstone National Park that I never would have seen before. Gotcha. I love that because I think you would look at this and all of these answers would be a little bit disjointed. Like, what does a convertible have to do with Tina Turner? I mean, a convertible in yep. Yellowstone, you could probably make a little bit of, you know, beautiful drive. There you go. Or Tina Turner right. in Yellowstone. What the heck? But once you exactly. put the word freedom in there, you're like, oh, okay. So this is what I value. This is what I'm getting out of that. I love that. Okay. This, this step is going to take probably the most time of all simply because you have all of these puzzle pieces. So your first, your first walk through when you're answering the questions from part one and then adding the adjectives to them, your first go around, you might not actually have any repeating adjectives. Okay. So you're going back through again and going, well, um, Prince and Coco Chanel, let's say those are two of my answers. At first they're like, okay, I guess I don't, you know, I think of Prince is one way and Coco Chanel is, and I wouldn't just, I wouldn't necessarily first describe them the same way. But when I really think about it, you know, Prince was a rule breaker and so is Coco Chanel. Prince broke some stereotypes and so did Coco Chanel. So they are both icons for that reason. And then, oh, maybe it's iconic. I like iconic things. Okay. So, so you see how you might have to work this step just a little bit to find the commonalities between some of these answers. Okay. All right. I think that's going to be the toughest step for people. I do too. It is. It is for sure. And what advice can you give them to help that make that a little bit easier when they're like, I don't see how Prince and Chanel go together at all. I mean, there's there's a lot actually. There's jackets, really. Great yeah, jackets. that's they both do wear a jacket to the nines. Yes, they do. Ruffles. There's some totally. ruffles and there's some layering. <laughs> See, you can do this. You can totally do this. Um, you have to be in a good mood to do it. Okay. Yeah. But if people are really stuck, all right. If people are really stuck, then what I would do, then I wouldn't start narrowing down. I would go and just take three of your answers. Take three of the answers that you loved answering the most three questions that you loved answering the most like you were saying like you loved the one about the restaurant and you mm -hmm. loved the question about um the place you most want to go back to and you love the question about uh which which clothing from which time period would i borrow start with those three 
Okay. And, and just focus on those. Don't try to do the whole list if you're feeling really stuck and really frustrated. Why not start with your favorites? That's probably where we're going to end up anyway. Okay. All right. Would it also be helpful to go back and maybe put more adjectives to each to each term or each um, yeah. answer? Or it, it, you, you might. are you going to start to look for things to put in there? Well, that, I guess that's why I was hesitating when I said, you know, how many, you asked me how many adjectives per thing are we shooting for? And I said, well, not too many, one to two, because the more adjectives you have, the more sort of overwhelming it might be to then try to find commonalities. But at the same time, if none of your adjectives on your first go around have anything in common, then yeah, you might have to add a few more adjectives. And like I was doing between Prince and Coco Chanel there, you know, you heard me walk through like the differences between them and, but then what they all had in common. And I finally got to the word icon or sorry, icon, which, you know, maybe things that are iconic to you really resonate to you, with you. So um, I hope I'm, I hope I'm being clear here. I, I, I just sort of. No, you absolutely okay. are. Okay. I feel like people and myself included might have the urge at this point to go back and change their answers. Like maybe I don't like that as much as I thought I did. Would you say that's a good strategy or not a good strategy? Uh, um, I would say go through the whole thing once first. And if you're really, and if it's not meaningful to you, if you're not if it's not exciting you, your final mashup answer, then yeah, go back and, and do it again. Yes. Like there's no wrong answer here. It's also not, a, these are not trick questions. You know, you, sometimes right. when we're asked these questions, you feel like, Ooh, what are they looking for? Like what, what are they trying, what are they trying to get at? I, I'm really not trying to get at anything. There's no subtext here. Um, it's really an exercise about jogging your brain. It's a creativity exercise to kind of get you a little bit out of this box that you you may have found yourself in where you are, all you can see is those style categories like farmhouse and boho and mid-century modern, like the ones that feel so definitive and so kind of rigid. So okay. yeah, th think about this as a playful exercise and not that there's a right or wrong or that there's something that we're, you know, underlying it all that we're trying to get at. Well, and like I always tell my people, give yourself permission to like what you like. Oh, yes. I, mean, I think that's like the first step to really honing in on style is that you have to give yourself permission to just like what you like. Right. Absolutely. And if you're unwilling to do that, you'll never have a style you like because it'll always be like, is this right? Is Am I doing it right? And style isn't about doing it right. It's just doing what feels right for you. Right. And then you walk out the door and you're, you don't even feel comfortable in your own skin because you're not right. sure if it looks quote unquote right on you. Well, and that's really... That is the essence of personal style or unique style or home decor is to have something that says, this feels like me. I'm not trying to be yes. anybody else. I'm not trying to yep. be Joanna Gaines, as awesome as Joanna yep. Gaines is. She's, she does Joanna really she well. She does Joanna really well. But, you know, Jennifer's not Joanna. So yeah. Yeah. the harder I try to do Joanna, the more I'm going to fall short. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're going to spend probably the most time on that step. Yes, you will. Two, yep. two A and two B. Okay. So then we get into step three and it says from all the adjectives or feelings you've written down from two A, choose two to three that you're most resonating with right now. So give us an example of what that would look like. So, so back to uh, step two and, and, and my answer to if I could live inside any painting, it would be, and I wrote something by Matisse and the adjectives that come from that are bright 
colorful, bold. And those words, bright, colorful, bold, are definitely what I'm resonating right now. Those are the words you're circling. Okay. Okay. So we're just looking for those, at this point, singular words, right? Singular words. And, and, it, okay. and you know, a leopard, like I said, it could be spots, but it could also be mysterious or unexpected. So whatever of those kind of adjectives that you've written down, just circle like th two or three of them that you like the best, which ones are kind of making you excited. Okay. And you don't even have to know why they're making you excited. All right. I love that. And then what do we do with our words that we have? Okay. Then you're going to start making your mashup. This is, this is sort of the end, right? Okay. You're going to look at those adjectives that you circled, look at the answers next to the things you've circled and start trying to put them together. So in the example in the, in the worksheet, I have, I picked Matisse, Leopard, and Downton Abbey. So the reason I wanted that is because my adjectives for Matisse were bold and my adjective for Leopard was mysterious and my adjective for Downton Abbey is wealthy. So I want those feelings in my room. And so just, just if I want to do a shorthand description of my style, I would say to someone, my style is a mashup of Matisse meets a leopard in Downton Abbey. Okay. Or you can play with it a little bit more and make it even more fun and uh, more, you know, kind of literary and say something like, if Matisse were to move into Downton Abbey with a leopard, that would be my style. <laughs> I think that's just a great like one-off episode for Downton Abbey right there. Like <laughs> Matisse and a leopard move in. I think it's fantastic. I need to write to them. <laughs> you really do. Pitch that idea. Let me know how it goes. Okay. I think this is a part where people are really going to have a hard time with because okay. when you said bold, mysterious, and wealthy, I think were the words that you chose. I was like, mm -hmm, oh, that makes mm -hmm. perfect sense. But as a non-home decor guru, I have no idea. If I saw Matisse meets a leopard in Downton Abbey, I'd be like, that is a lot of color in a, you know, Victorian type house. How does that all work together? So how do you start to bring that to life? Right. So, okay. Then the next, the final step here after you've got your mashup is what do I do with that? So what? Okay. I've got this really cool sentence. What you now are going to do is start to think about decor or design elements that represent those words and adjectives and feelings to you. And to help with that, on page 11, I think of the worksheet, and it's long simply because I go through, for, first in the worksheet is all of my examples, and then, mm -hmm. and then it's just repeated with blanks, so that's why it's kind of long. But um, on page 11, I just list a whole bunch of design elements, things like brass, terracotta, alabaster, rope, jute, ecot, shibori, typography, tassels, pale colors, saturated colors. Um, and as you're reading those words, if you think about it for a minute, some of them are really going to match your mashup. So we got, remember, we've got Matisse and Leopard and Downton Abbey. So wood might come into play because of Downton Abbey. There's a lot of old wood, but it would be really, um, it wouldn't be scuffed up wood, right? It wouldn't be farmhouse wood. It wouldn't be reclaimed wood. It would be polished, beautiful wood, but you'd still probably want to circle that. Again, I'm looking through and I'm thinking about 
the the leopard. Well, I might I might circle faux fur on this list. I would certainly uh, circle dots. I would probably circle maybe some tufting, just because you know of the of the fur aspect of the animal. Mm-hmm. So so again, there's no right or wrong answer. These are some design elements that are going to line up with the things that you are currently obsessing about, which, which you've just kind of written out above with all of your answers to all those questions. And so then my, my, my suggestion is you start looking for those elements throughout your home, bring them front and center, or when you're out shopping, this is kind of how you start to make some of your choices. For instance, sisal is on here, or sisal as people say, and jute is on here. Those those elements, you may like them. Like, let's say you love beach houses and there's a lot of jute and sisal rugs in beach houses, right? And it's usually on a painted white floor and it's all very beachy and coastal and lovely. But if my style is leopard and Matisse and Downton Abbey and mysterious and wealthy and all that, um, I'm not going to be shopping for jute and sisal. I'm going to be shopping for, you know, a vintage rug or a faux fur you know, mm-hmm. rug or uh, something that has like a leopard pattern, right? Does this, is this making any sense? No, it absolutely is. And I have to say, I'm so glad that you put this page last because I feel like if you gave this page first, and so I want to encourage everyone, don't go to this page first mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you would just start circling things that you like. Exactly. Right. You would just start. And sure, I like horns sometimes. I like steel sometimes. I like floral sometimes. I like shearling sometimes. And I'd probably circle 90% of yep, on this list. Exactly. And I would too. I, I like it all. I like it all. I like it all. But when I get down to like what really reflects what I want, I'm going to take horns off the list. Right. Yes. I'm going to take dots. I don't like dots anyway, but I'm going to take those off the list. I'm going to take a lot of things off the list because it doesn't really get to, it doesn't get me further to the style that I want to have. Exactly. For those who've taken the signature style course, we do the same kind of thing as we go through and we say, okay, well, feminine, what does that mean to you? But what are the elements that make up feminine? Does that Mm -hmm. mean you know, sexier, or does that mean like girly, or does that mean heels, or does that mean pointed flats? Does that mean, you know, florals, or does it mean ruffles? Like, what are the elements that go into making you look feminine? So if you've done, if you've done the signature style class, this one's actually going to be a lot easier for you because you understand where we're heading already. But I just- This is aligning with that perfectly as I listen to you describe it. I also like that you said that you're happy it's last. Yeah, I absolutely did that intentionally for, for the reasons we've already said. This is why designing our own homes can get so overwhelming so quickly. There is so much to choose from. And we do like so many different things. But but when you use this style mashup, especially I think it's most helpful when you're thinking about one particular room at a time as opposed to your whole home. I mean, it, it, it certainly can describe your, your whole home, generally speaking, but when you actually want to use it, let, let's just focus on the den, for example, and let's let Matisse and a leopard and Downton Abbey and those adjectives of how they, those three things make me feel, let's, let's focus on those just for this room. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you might have a jute rug in a different room, but, but this room is not what that's about. That's not the feeling I want in this room. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, yeah, it totally does. But I think we talked last time about 
the idea that your house doesn't have to look like a model home where you choose one color that goes through the whole thing and, you know, every single thing in your house matches. So I like the idea of, of just picking one space. And for me in my home, it's easier in the rooms where we have doors that close. Yes, we do too, which I love. Yes. And then I have some areas in my house that are totally open. Right. And for me, those do need to flow together a little bit I agree. More. But I, like, I agree. I treat my office as a totally separate place than, you know, it's kind of my own, it's, it's my own little island and I yeah. can shut the doors and it can have a completely different style than anything else in the house Absolutely. because it is just naturally closed off and, and separated. Yeah, it's its own destination yep. and it's for its own particular mood and it's it has its own particular purpose. We don't do the same things or have the same mood in every single room in our homes. That, that's just not how we are. Yeah, I think sometimes trying to get there is really overwhelming and it also cuts out a lot of things you love. Like, yes. oh, I really, I really like this jute rug, but it doesn't go with my Matisse and a leopard in Downton Abbey house, so I can't have it. Exactly. Well, but do you have a bedroom you could put it in? You can, right. can it go in, you know, a den? Can it go in somewhere else? And I think you know, getting to that point where every room can sort of be a destination and you don't, again, have to have that model home. Model homes are lovely. They're they, lovely. They serve a purpose. And every time I go into one, I'm like, I want everything in my house to look perfect all the time. But that's not, nobody lives there. Nobody lives nobody there. Lives there. It's not realistic. And frankly, they're meant so that you can actually picture your own stuff in there. Yeah. What you might like about it is that it's neat and it's tidy and it all looks like it's cohesive. But that that's not your stuff. It's not your life. And it's just completely unrealistic. And also, frankly, you're going to get bored if you live with that kind of matchy matchy, everything is, is perfect kind of feeling all the time. Yeah. No, I have tried so many times, like we're going to have this perfect model home looking house. It doesn't ever work because people live in my house, you know, and, and I want it to be unique to because people, but I want it to be unique to us. I want my daughter's rooms to be unique to them and my office to be unique to me. So um, I think that, I just think that this is a fantastic exercise and a hugely valuable resource. So, you know, if if you're listening and you haven't done it, go do it because this is so crazy, crazy helpful. So the last question I want to ask you before we wrap up is where can people look for inspiration? Because even with these Mm. things, I think that last page is so crazy helpful and that is going to unlock a lot of stuff for people. But I know myself and I know a lot of other people will still have a hard time. What does that look like in a room? How do I really do that? Where do you recommend people look for inspiration and examples? So do you mean, where do they look for the next step? Okay. So now you've got your list of elements you're looking for, but now what? Or do you mean, where do we get inspiration just for generally like to find beautiful homes? No, I would say just in general, like next steps. Now you know that you like these okay. things. Now what do you do with it? Well, that is the that is my life's question, right? Is is this this to me now is the fun part. What do I do with all of this information about I've zeroed in on what I love and and kind of the feelings I want for a particular room. How do I put it together? That is about playing and and allowing yourself to try things out, to move furniture around, to move artwork around, to um, try different paint color, to bring in a a pillow from a a room that you never intended to be in the bedroom, bring it in from the living room, and then see what that does. So 
The next step is really playing with what you already have, seeing how it makes you feel, seeing if it works. And the same thing with like styling your shelves or, or styling a, a mantle. You have to be willing to play and, and try things out without worrying about not, you know, getting it perfect on the first try. You're not going to get perfect on the first try. And you have to live with it for a little while to give yourself that time to kind of absorb it and say, oh, is this working for me? And if you're one of those people that also just is so excited to get something new and I get it um, and you're shopping, keep your tags on for a week. <laughs> you know, don't cut those tags off right away. Move it around yes. Move it in different parts of yes. the room. Um, if it's a, a wall hanging, buy some command strips and put it up temporarily. You, you know, you really, you really need to take your time to figure out if, it, if it's looking beautiful to you. And uh, I know that the, it's back to the very beginning of our conversation where we were saying, oh, people hate our advice because it's always like, buy what you love. <laughs> but yeah, that's where we're back again is it's got to work for you. And yep. yes, there are all kinds of ways that you can hone those skills and, and really train your eye. And that's what I try to do in the podcast. It's what I do in my course. It's what I do in my membership. Like, you know, I offer a lot of ways for you to, to take those next steps, but you know, I'm trying to just say, generally speaking, without costing you any money, what could you do next? And it's to play around. Yeah. No, I think that that is really smart. Play around with what you have before you buy another thing, right? Mm -hmm. Go if, if, Absolutely. if coral and bark, I'm just looking at this sheet. Are, are your jam? Yeah. What do you have in your house that's coral and bark? Where can you put it in a place yep. that you might see it more? Where can, you know, how can you use that in a new way before going out and investing in anything? I love that. I, big fan of use what you have. Yeah, me too. A fun thing you could do is, let's say you don't actually own any pieces of coral. Just get out your paint, a paint, you know, and a watercolor or you know, leftover paint you have from downstairs or in your kid's room or whatever. Just paint a piece of paper coral and kind of prop it up next to a piece of driftwood that you've collected from mm. the beach or vice versa. If you don't have any driftwood, but you have, you know, something that's coral, like a coral candlestick or something, prop it up next to, um, you know, your, your cabinet if it's, if it's brown and woody and just see how those two colors are feeling to like, what are those looking like together? And, oh, that's, that could be the start of a whole color palette. I really like how those two colors look together. Or maybe it's the materials that you like together, or maybe it's the juxtaposition of the two materials. One's you know really smooth and one's really knobby. Um, so if you don't have the exact objects to play around with, find substitutes. Again, just trying not to spend money at first. Yeah. Just find some sub substitutes so that, that when you are ready to spend money, you're, you're even that much more clear about what you're looking for. You know, another tip I would give people is that Etsy is a great place to find like downloadable, printable art prints that are super, yeah. super inexpensive. I did a set of like six navy blue coral prints. Um, uh -huh. I think they were like $15 and I just put them in the yeah. frames that I already had and it completely changed the room. So if you right. want to just add some of those things in, like if you're looking for florals, but your house doesn't have a lot of florals, throw some cheap artwork and frames that you already have before you commit to, to buying a big thing or to, you know, getting a floral couch or whatever it is. Do you actually yeah. like those things? I, I love that idea. And I think because at some point you're going to have to bite the bullet, yep. you're going to actually have to make a final decision, putting some money down on the table. And so if, if you can do that, 
in a way, sort of, you know, uh, scaffolded, yeah. you know, like, okay, I'm going to start with the small Etsy print, and then I'm going to like really invest in a, in a gorgeous piece of oil painting, right? Um, I, I love that idea. I think that's great. I just like these little things, try it sort of before you commit, you know, it's really, mm -hmm. it's really hard mm -hmm. when you're trying a new style or you think you might like something, but you're not sure it's hard to bite the bullet. So a lot of people just don't, they never get yeah, there and they, they just, just sort of stick with their, the things that they have that they're comfortable with and they miss out on a lot of style fun. That life is too short not to love where you live right? and everyone deserves to live inside beauty. So yeah, there's no point in living in a beige box if that's not who you are. If you like beige boxes, then that's more fun. power to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go, Sandra, tell everyone again where they can find you on the internet. Sure. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. I just absolutely love talking to you. Um, so littleyellowcouch.com, that is where everything is. Uh, you can find me that way on Pinterest and Instagram and all that other good stuff. But really, I live at littleyellowcouch.com. You can find this free downloadable style mashup game that we've been talking about this hour. But you can also find out about courses and memberships and um, and also the podcast, the, the, style, yeah. the style Matters podcast. Um, take a listen. It's all there. Perfect. We will have the link for that. Thank you again for coming on, sharing your wisdom again, being with me two weeks in a row. This is really, really fun. Um, and I'm really excited to dive into this mashup and, and make some changes in my own house to make it even more personal. Oh, that's, that's so exciting. I'd love to see what you come up with. We'll have to stay in touch. We certainly will. All right, everybody, go and download this mashup if you haven't. Go through it. I cannot wait to see what you've come up with. Share your answers with me on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, I just hope that you have a wonderfully stylish week, both in your wardrobe and in your home. Take care and we'll see you next week. Hey, friend, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to head over to the website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com slash podcast and find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our email list. You'll get a weekly style tip as well as links to my favorite product of the week to help make style even easier. It's an email you'll actually look forward to getting, so don't miss out. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.